Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This portion of the Tech Night Owl Live is brought to you by ReggieAshworth.com, publishers of such apps as AppDelete. You know, AppDelete is the best way to remove or uninstall apps, plugins, and widgets, and so on on your Mac. You don't have to worry about finding all those files that some apps install. AppDelete does it for you. Check ReggieAshworth.com. That's ReggieAshworth.com to download your copy of AppDelete. This week on the show, we'll have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. Rich Sloan, founder of Startup Nation, will also be joined by Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and cutting-edge commentator Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> With Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Let's start with a story that came out this week. Apple, when they released the new version of Final Cut Pro 10 last year, a $299.99 download, you know, incredibly cheap for supposedly a professional video editing app, they were basically lambasted by lots of video professionals who felt betrayed. What happened? After it was released, the, the professionals really got up in arms about the whole thing because they they said that they would like to use it, uh, as most people would when a new version of Rap came, comes out. But the problem was it didn't have a lot of the pro-level features. And, you know, companies like Adobe and Avid jumped on board and said, well, you can use our software because it's great. And, and they, they said a lot of people jumped ship from Apple over to the Avid or or Adobe, because they had those features. A lot of users stayed with uh, Final Cut Pro 7 and decided to wait it out because Apple did say that those features were coming. So over the past six months, Apple has put out updates and added in you know, all the, the things that were missing, culminating in this week's um, release, which is a, a major release. Uh, where they in the biggest features of all that that were missing, and they not only added them in, they made some made it easier. And again, a typical way for Apple to do things, and uh, they made the way that these features work a lot easier and less complicated. I saw this story in USAToday.com where the video editing guy points out that one of the big changes that Apple made was improving the chroma key feature. This is where I'll give you an example of this. Say you want to show somebody who's on Mars or they're in Hawaii, but they're really in the studio. You have like a green screen, okay? And he was pointing out is you could use a sheet, a green sheet for the green screen, and Final Cut Pro was smart enough to not just eliminate the green, but all the various textures of the sheet, so it was a perfect substitution of the video that's being inserted. Yeah. Yeah, the, the chroma key stuff is, is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically green screening, you know, which we all know uh, happens in, in movies and um, in almost probably every scene, <laughs> you know, where, where things are going on and, and the people aren't really there. Unless it's a Tom Cruise movie. Where, of course, he has to be atop the building. <laughs> exactly. He does his own stunts. So, so yeah, that is a, 
uh, a great feature. They also included multicam support. And, you know, one of the multicam, you know, it's people these days are shooting with all kinds of different cameras, which record different formats. And, you know, you could be have a scene in a car where you have, you know, three cameras outside of the car. So another great feature that they added, and an important one for uh, for movie makers, is uh, multicam support. So with multicam support, you know that uh, these days people are shooting with multiple cameras. Uh, for example, you you're, see a scene where somebody's driving down the, the road in a car, and you see the car from the outside, and you see it from the other side from the outside, and then you see a shot on the inside looking at the driver, and another shot looking out the windshield. I mean, you see all kinds of different angles. And Final Cut Pro, uh, the, the new multicam feature, of course, allows you to change uh, the viewing of each camera by clicking and you know saying, okay, I, I want this shot for this particular uh few seconds when you're driving down the road but what what the the editors have to do is sync up the audio and the video so that everything is in in sync and apple with its new um multicam came up with a new way to do this and they do that by the audio waveform so typically you would do it by time code and time code is a, obviously a great way to do it. But not all cameras uh, have time code. Sometimes they just take a generic HD camera. They do this in the movie business. They do this on TV. In fact, an episode of House, they filmed all with a Canon HD camcorder. Right, right. That's exactly right. And so, they may not have time never, codes. They don't have time codes. And another way is to use time of day, which is fine if everything is accurate. <laughs> But if time of day is inaccurate, you know, even off by one second, you end up with, uh, you know, somebody, uh, somebody's mouth moving, and then the words come out. <laughs> well, that's know? just so, a movie with Jackie Chan, that's all. <laughs> right on. So that, that can be uh, uh, a bit time-consuming to go back and do that. So what Apple did was put in this, this brand-new way of syncing content in, in multicam. So now you can uh, use the audio waveforms from each individual camera. Now, of course, you know, there's distance uh, things and stuff like that that come in, but you can adjust for that in, in the uh, multicam support. So now you, you have another way to go in and say, okay, let's auto-sync all of this content, and it'll use the waveforms from the cameras that recorded the footage. Now, that doesn't have to be the the final audio that you use it's just another way to to put in uh syncing capabilities right now later on a lot of times of course they will just redub all the audio right yeah exactly and they have you know obviously some uh some high def audio and and things like that going on uh that they'll end up using in the in the scene but for syncing purposes uh for the audio and video and multicam you can use what came right off the camera. Well, you know, it sounds to me that Apple has not just revitalized Final Cut Pro from Final Cut Pro 7. They've rethought many of the ways that video editors do their work and what they require, and they've made it better. But at the same time, we still have the situation where some of those video editors said, don't you change my Final Cut Pro 7. 
We don't want it to be changed. We'll go to Avid. We'll go to Adobe Premiere. Wait, they're different programs. Don't they have to learn new skills? I mean, if you move to well, another program, don't you have to learn a new skill? Yeah, you, you, you do. I mean, you have to learn the way that that app does things. I mean, you know, I switch uh, between Pro Tools and Logic and Cubase all the time when I'm doing audio stuff. And there are some significant changes, especially the deeper that you get into the app. Uh, but... You know, some people are willing to make that investment and that learning curve in order to to make a switch, especially if they're angry enough. This portion of the Tech Night Out Live was brought to you by ReggieAshworth.com, publishers of such apps as VidConvert. VidConvert makes it easy for you to convert audio and video files. It's as easy as drag and drop to set up VidConvert to change that file into the most popular audio or video format that will work great on your Mac, iPhone, or even iPad and other gadgets. Check ReggieAshworth.com, that's ReggieAshworth.com, to download your copy of VidConvert. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show. But now, we're coming with Jim Dalrymple from The Loop on the Tech Night Owl Live. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash T. N-O. You know, we develop trust in the people we know, but we don't really know someone we can see. That's why I recommend GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's a simple online meeting service. It's GoToMeeting by Citrix. All it takes is a webcam and a click to instantly collaborate. You can start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. You can try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code Pod- Hey everybody, Jason Lewis here once again. These are hard times for investors. If you're like me, you just don't know where to put your money because there's a downside to every possible scenario. Now look, every portfolio needs a hedge for inflation. Gold has been the classic. I want to tell you, I want to be honest with you, commodities fluctuate. So you could lose money. Gold goes up and down. But every stable portfolio usually has an inflation hedge and gold is, well, the gold standard. Washington is not going to get us out of this recovery. So you've got to protect yourself. Give it some thought. And if you're interested in converting your IRA to gold or would like to actually have it in your possession, call Midas Resources today at 1-800-686-2237. The U.S. dollar was once backed by gold, but it's lost a lot of its value since then. Call Midas Resources today, 1-800-686-2237 for gold. That's 1-800-686-2237 and tell them Jason Lewis sent you. Long Range Patrol Ration Entrees. If you know survival, you know LRPs are the undisputed king of military rations. Hands down the best for your bug-out bag or survival pack. To go farther, faster, and carry more food, there's nothing better than a Brick Pack LRP Cold Weather Ration Entree. Nothing. 
Now, the freeze-dry guy is offering a limited-time deal on thousands of fresh LRP entrees. We're talking a menu of tasty and nutritious beef stew, chicken and rice, chili mac with beef, spaghetti and meat sauce with 20 entrees per case. These fresh 2011 LRPs are U.S. government contract overruns, perfect for long-term storage. But they're going fast at freeze-dryguy.com. Far superior to MREs, long-range patrol entrees are about a third the weight of an MRE, with about a third more meat than the finest commercial freeze-dried entrees. Ask about multi-case discounts and free shipping when you call 866-404-3663 today. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. Your source for survival food in an uncertain world. When's the last time you had a chance to buy a ticket to paradise? Listen up for a truly once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Imagine the ultimate bug-out safe home, surrounded by incredible lush, fertile land filled with fruit trees, coffee farm, fresh air, wildlife, and gorgeous views of the Pacific Coast. And you could win it for only $200. Yes, a Costa Rican family of four is raffling off their $400,000 home for only $200 per ticket. The winner scores a 2,000-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bath house, two-car garage with both Bodega, guest house, nearly three acres of fertile coffee farmland, and a 1978 diesel Toyota Land Cruiser. All for only $200 per raffle ticket. Only 2,000 tickets will be sold. Hurry, raffle ends April 30th, 2012. For complete details, visit CostaRicaRaffle.com. That's CostaRicaRaffle.com. Get your ticket to paradise today at CostaRicaRaffle.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. We're talking here about the fact that when Apple released Final Cut Pro 10, the video editor said, this is too consumer-friendly. It's a prosumer or consumer app. It's no longer a professional app. And besides, all these features are missing. And Apple, of course, has worked hard to add sophisticated features. And when you look at them with multicams and all this stuff, that's not for hobbyists. Well, no, certainly not anymore. You know, that's uh, there, there's just nothing about it that's that's consumer friendly how do you even argue it then i mean you can say gee shouldn't video software any software be as simple to use as possible so you can concentrate on getting your work done well and, and that's the thing when you look at at what is consumer friendly as opposed to what's easy to use I mean, Final Cut Pro is easy to use. And I don't think the problem was so much that it was, you know, an easy-to-use app when it first came out that uh, that people had a problem. It's that it was missing a lot of the features that they wanted. And, you know, uh, multicam support, for instance, takes in a lot of, of features and makes that easy to use. Pros will enjoy that. You know, that's not something that they're going to not use because it's easy. They're going to like that. They're going to enjoy it. They're going to use it. I, I, the main problem was that the, the big features weren't there. So the problem but, but here is that. communication that I see. I see yeah. Apple releases a new version, and it goes back to iMovie. We had iMovie HD, 
And then Apple has their lead guy, Randy Ubelis, who is also the creator of Final Cut Pro and also Adobe Premiere, by the way. They have Randy do a ground-up update with his crew, and they had to basically postpone some features because they wanted to get the thing released. And Apple is not the kind of company to just throw everything in and fix it later. Right. Right. They want it to work. And, you know, up until now, that hasn't been there for them. And, you know, that that's allowed the community to come out and and say that it wasn't ready or, you know, whatever. But, but you see, Apple could have done this. Apple could have done this. They could have been more proactive. They weren't proactive enough. They could have issued a white paper saying, we're releasing Final Cut Pro 10. It's a new paradigm in video editing, whatever, whatever, etc. But because it's the first version, it will take a while before we can add back all the features you want and make them better. Make it really clear, because they didn't get the message in in time at the same point Continue to sell the older version. Don't just cut it out and say, okay, that's gone. Let's start the new version. It sounds like a Steve Jobs kind of approach. Well, the older version was still available. Yeah, um, but they stopped selling it for a while. Yeah, people, people could use that. Uh, and the ones that, that didn't want to move, and there were, there were plenty of those that didn't want to move, it continued using the older version. We don't know how many people, if any, left Final Cut Pro for Avid or um, uh, Adobe. I mean, we, we just don't know. But, you know, the Apple could have done better. I, I, see, I, what I don't get is why they released it. Why didn't they wait until now and release it now when all that stuff was done? I don't know. Well, you know, I still think Apple the white paper there. would have done it. I think the white paper with proper publicity and basically reaching out to the video editing community. And we're talking about creative people, and these creative people are very sensitive. And if Apple doesn't show that they are concerned with their needs, they're going to be upset. If Apple did a better communications job at the beginning, I don't think there would have been a problem. See, the, uh, and you can understand why they, uh, the creative community is, uh, would be upset because unlike something like iPhoto or iMovie that it comes out and it doesn't have a feature and we moan and complain, uh, these people make their living off of this stuff. So this is something that, that they're really invested in. And, but you and see they, what's they, happening now is that Apple appears to be trying to learn from that error and they made a big deal in, for example, releasing this new version, making it clear what the changes are getting the release out to a number of publishers and editors so they could basically review it and point out what's been changed. Of course, you know, there's still some people who gave up. They went to Avid. They went to Adobe Premiere. They may not come back. But I look at it this way. For $299.99, I want to edit video. I want to be a professional editor. I want to be a movie maker. I want to learn how to do this. That's pretty cheap. You know, I can do it on my Mac Pro. The new Mac Pros, you get Thunderbolt, you can add, you know, a RAID card or RAID assembly. It's not that expensive to become a professional. You can add the extra tools for 50 bucks a piece. You know, it's not like it used to be, and it opens the door to new people to enter this business, and that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. 
I mean, you know, like I said before, having having an app that's easy to use is having is different from a consumer friendly app. A consumer friendly app would indicate that it's lacking in features, and that's that's not the case anymore with uh, with Final Cut Pro. I mean, if you look at Logic or Pro Tools, even Pro Tools was. It, it, it had this pretty steep learning curve, but in the last couple of versions, probably three versions, they've come a long way into making things more integrated and easier to use. That doesn't mean that Pro Tools has lost its pro appeal, you know, and I think the same is true for Final Cut Pro. Well, I guess we'll see how this works and now how the industry embraces the new version and how quickly Apple adds even more features, which are free, by the way, these upgrades. Fascinating. Let's move to some other subjects about Apple. Okay, so we read the story in the New York Times, and the New York Times says that the people who build the great Apple products that you and I buy, they work in sweatshops. They are living in horrible conditions, squalor. They're underpaid. They're stuffed into dormitories. What's going on? Well, it's, it's hard to know what's going on. With this stuff, I mean, yeah, we we saw the New York Times story, and we saw that you know things aren't as great as as what they could be, and people are yelling at Apple because of Foxconn. But and and it's true, the Foxconn does manufacture a lot of Apple products. But what they don't say is that most other technology companies in the world also use Foxconn. You want to so, hear the list? I had somebody look this up. Somebody who is an artist who wrote a comment over at TechNightOwl.com. And what they did is they assembled a list of the companies that we would recognize that build gear at Foxconn. Understand, Foxconn is not just in Asia. They're building plants in Brazil. And I do not think Brazil is a third world country. You know, it's a pretty advanced country. So they're not just putting plants in Brazil. I wonder when they'll come here to the United States or to Canada, and they'll put a plant wherever they can get contract work, wherever they can get a local workforce, and wherever they can find people who will pay what they plan to pay in those countries, it's going to happen. What's happening is we have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop at loopinsight.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. When it comes to running a successful business, there are many things you have to get right. But one thing is often overlooked, and that's protecting the data that powers your business. Computers, servers, external hard drives, and even tape backups are vulnerable to failure. In the U.S. alone, over 140,000 hard drives fail each and every week. According to one study, only 7% of companies that lose their data centers for 10 days or more survive beyond the year. So I want to tell you about our friends at Mosey. The most trusted name in online backup. Give our friends at Mosey a call. They've been doing this for a long time and run the most secure, most trusted online backup service. Right now, you could save 15% by using the promo code PODCAST15. That's PODCAST15. Call 877-669-9776. That's 877-669-9776. Or visit moseypro.com. That's M-O-Z-Y-Pro.com.
Listeners, it's Jason Lewis, and now that the holidays have come and gone, it's time to get serious about our New Year's resolutions. For 2012, resolve to protect your most valuable asset, your family. Daily, we hear about all the crazy stuff happening around the world, unemployment, food shortages, natural disasters, just to name a few. For my preparation, I recommend wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff that are packaged for freshness in individual metal mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. Visit wisefoodstorage.com today to request a free entree sample. And for a limited time, enter the promo code LEWIS to get no-cost shipping on any order. That's wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE. That's 855-366-3947 and enter promo code LEWIS for a free sample and free shipping on any order. Peace of mind, the greatest gift you can give to the ones you love. If you're taking one, two, five, or more nutritional supplements, please stop. Simplify your supplementation with Bio Superfood, the most advanced nutritional whole food supplement you can buy. Men, women, children, even Olympic athletes the world over have discovered Bio Superfood from BioAge.com. And now take just one nutritional supplement instead of many. The Bio Superfood formulas are whole food products composed with four of the most nutrient dense algae found on Earth. Bio Superfood for the brain helps with focus, memory, clarity, and mood. If you can increase brain health, the rest of the body is a no-brainer. Bio Superfood has zero toxicity and is safe for you and your family. Learn more and order your Bio Superfood formulas at BioAge.com. Spelled B-I-O-A-G-E.com. BioAge.com. Or call 877-288-9116. That's 877-288-9116. BioAge, the age of advanced organics. Have you ever seen a U.S. postage stamp featuring Abraham Lincoln, Ben Franklin, or George Washington? If you're into stamp collecting, you know it's a fun, affordable hobby. America's leading stamp dealer is the Mystic Stamp Company, and they want you to have their free 140-page color catalog. Go to mysticstampad.com, the website of the Mystic Stamp Company. Serving stamp collectors since 1923, Mystic Stamp is well-known in the industry for its experience, superior customer service, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go to mysticstampad.com to request your free 140-page U.S. stamp color catalog packed with collecting tips, special offers, color photos, and over 4,600 available stamps. Call 800-433-7811 or go to mysticstampad.com. That's 800-433-7811 and ask for your free U.S. stamp catalog or mysticstampad.com. Mystic Stamp Company, America's leading stamp dealer. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. We're talking about the working conditions at Apple's contract factories, such as Foxconn, technology of China. We have Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. And as we point out that Apple may be the largest customer that Foxconn has, but they've also got Acer, Amazon, AS Rock, Asus, Barnes & Noble, Cisco, Dell, EVGA Corporation, HP, Intel, IBM, Lenovo, Logitech, Microsoft, MSI, Motorola, Netgear, Nintendo, Nokia, Panasonic, Philips, Samsung, Sharp, Sony, Ericsson, Toshiba, also Vizio. Use Foxconn. Yeah. 
and yet we're we're saying that Apple is uh, to blame for whatever problems workers are are seeing at Foxconn, and it's just not the case. Now, I, I said in a in a, a piece last week, does Apple have a responsibility to the workers? at Foxconn. Yes, I absolutely believe that is true. They do. But let's take a look at what Apple has been doing in comparison to what the other companies have been doing. Apple has has audits of factories every year, and they release that report publicly saying what they found and saying what they're going to do to fix those problems. And if the, the company or uh, factory did something so egregious apple has dropped companies before yeah but it's it's not always that easy and the reason it's not easy is apple builds lots of custom assembly equipment for example unibodies on macbook pros and macbook airs and getting a new factory up to speed and moving that equipment over takes time Sure, sure, it takes time, but the companies, all, the factories also know that Apple will drop them because they have done it in the past. And they just, they can't afford to have Apple drop them. So a lot of the things that Apple has found in working conditions and stuff like that, they have addressed. Now, what has Dell done? Well, nobody knows because Dell doesn't release reports like Apple does. And the mainstream media finds it more sexy to go out and blame Apple than it does to ask Dell, well, what are you doing? And what about HP? What are you doing? You're the number one PC maker, except when you factor in iPads. Right. What are you doing? Meg Whitman, you ran for governor or California, was it? What are you doing, Meg Whitman? I think it's a bit hypocritical of, of the media to blame Apple solely for the problems at Foxconn. Now, let's, let's not forget that the, the social conditions in countries are different than what they are in North America. And, you know, as much as we may not like it, uh, you know, we can't go over with, with planes and ships and tanks and say, change the way that you do things to match the way that we do things. We, we can't do that. So there are social conditions that are different. Uh, you know, we've heard since the New York Times piece came out, we've heard from other workers and other people in China that have said, you're crazy. The, the working conditions are so much better since Apple is here. You know, even people saying that they have friends that work in other factories for Samsung are, are worse off than what they are working at Foxconn. So- and you also have to realize, too, even if the conditions aren't perfect by the industrialized world standards, they are a far cry from what many of these people had to live under before they went to those plants. And you can also bet that it's like every other country. As China gets more and more developed, people are going to ask for raises. They're going to ask for separate apartments instead of dormitories. You're going to have situations where then other countries will be the cheap labor and the source of cheap labor, and they will move upscale. It happens everywhere. In fact, nowadays, people are not just building stuff in China. They're building stuff in other countries to send to China because China's become more expensive to build those things in. You know, I'm I'm not saying that that what happens there – uh, is right. I'm saying that things are improving. And I'm also uh, saying that I, I think that instead of focusing entirely on Apple, we should take a step back and say, wait a minute, 
you know, there are 20 or 50 or 100 other major companies in the world that also use this facility. What are they doing? I mean, if there's responsibility to be had, the responsibility has to be shared. Uh, If you have a product there, then you're just as responsible as Apple is. And that's all that I want. You know, I think it's only fair to ask everybody, what is your plan to help in this this matter? I mean, Apple has made their plan very clear, and, and they release those reports, and they document everything that happens. So One possibility that could happen, and I suggested this, is, all right, if we're all in this together, all these companies, some of whom are Apple's competitors, some they work together with, they're all doing the same thing. Okay, form an industry committee. That sets minimum standards for contract factories. Yeah. And they're saying, you want our business, you will have to do this and thus and so. You don't have a situation where, you know, you have all these factories out there and each company has their own standards and practices. And, you know, one company may not care. You know, I don't want to say what Michael Dell thinks or what Meg Whitman thinks about the companies that build their gear. But they may have different standards. But if they would all get together to a single committee, single group saying, these are the standards for the factories that build our stuff, and we'll even put a seal on the product box saying they were built in accordance with these standards, then if there are going to be abuses, they're not going to be near as severe, I hope. Yeah, I you know, I, I don't have a problem with any of that. I, I think that there should be some... Uh, some guidelines and, and rules that have to be followed. Um, I, I just, I, I, I want to make sure that people take everything into account here. And, and you know, the economic conditions certainly have to factor into that. Um, you know, if all of the companies get together and say, this is the way that, that things have to be done up to these standards, then... You know the the factories in China are going to have to make sure that uh, that they comply with that, or lose the business to or Malaysia or something. I mean, China certainly; those factories don't want to lose that business. You, those workers don't want to lose their jobs because Apple moved to, you know, Taiwan or or Korea or something. They don't want that to happen. So. You know, it, the the factory presidents and CEOs, and they don't want to lose that. That's an incredible amount of money that they're making. Well, you and, can bet yeah, that it, all those new plants that Foxconn is building are because of Apple. Well, yeah. So, you know, if if the workers need raises, and you know, it, it's not up to Apple to pay them more. Apple is paying the factory uh, to get some work done. You know, the the workers, uh, you know, Apple, I, I think, does have a responsibility in every other company to make sure that, you know, it's not slave labor and, you know, that uh, that the workers are being paid. But these factories are like entire cities. They're not like here where you go to a, go to a job and then you go home. Uh, they're like you said earlier, they're dormitories. They this is where they live and work. So it's like an entire city inside a a factory so it's the ultimate city-based factory yeah well it's different than what we have here we can't we can't judge on on what we do here i mean if that's how they do things there and that's acceptable by the population and by the workers and and they're fairly paid and they're not being you know 
uh, abused, then I think that we need we need to take that into account as well. And but we have to make sure problems, that the workers are not being forced to work more hours than they could possibly work. And if you have situations where workers are getting injured on the job, they're committing suicide for whatever reason, they have to maybe have psychologists on staff to see what's going on and to make sure this doesn't happen because it hurts everybody. You know, you yeah, might absolutely. shortchange something, but you're going to shortchange product quality. If the workers aren't happy, no matter what you do, what you want, they're not going to do the best work. We have Jim Dalrymple always doing the best work. We're talking to him on the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with Fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your Fake TV for only $34.95, go to FakeTV.com. Or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to FakeTV.com. FakeTV.com, the burglar deterrent. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. 
Do you suffer from low-functioning adrenal or thyroid? Did you know that mercury from your dental fillings comes off of your teeth both as a vapor and as particles into your body? Wherever mercury deposits in your body, it stops cells from functioning normally. Animal studies show that mercury causes kidney function to drop by 60%. Mercury deposited into your adrenals or thyroid will cause a corresponding drop in function. The number one method by which your body detoxifies itself of mercury is glutathione. The number one superfood that helps turn on all 10 trillion cells of your body to produce glutathione is non-denatured whey protein from grass-fed cows. After investigating most high-end whey proteins on the market, only one is the most non-denatured, the most active, the most complete, and in our opinion, the most powerful in what nature originally put into the fresh raw whey. It is One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Jim Dowrample of The Loop at loopinsight.com. We've focused here on a couple of different subjects. One, of course, the working conditions at Apple's contract factories, which, of course, assemble gear for dozens of other companies. And is not mention about Apple's major update to Final Cut Pro 10 that answers many of the criticisms from video editors and others. Now, one more subject. Near and dear to your heart, Jim Dalrymple, research in motion. <laughs> okay, so the two founders can't decide amongst themselves who's going to be CEO, who's going to be chairman or whatever, you know. At least when Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak ran Apple, they had different positions. They didn't share yep. the same position. You know, Steve Jobs was the sales guy. Steve Wozniak built the gear. This was the original layout, okay? So now we have the two guys at Research in Motion can't figure out who's going to be the CEO, so they make themselves co-CEO. This worked for a while until the iPhone came along, till tablets came along, and everything fell apart. Tell us the story. Well, RIM had some great technology in that it, it had very secure email. And that's something that businesses, governments, military um, really wanted. So the BlackBerry thrived for years. The problem with, with RIM is that it stopped innovating. And, you know, the, the, the co-CEOs didn't want cameras in their phones and they didn't want mp3 players in their phones but that's what the consumers wanted so when the iphone was released and it had you know camera and it had uh, an ipod basically built in consumers flocked to it and all of a sudden rim found itself losing market share to a device that was for everybody not just for businesses and I think that they found that difficult to deal with. And that was, that was five years ago now. And RIM still hasn't managed to, to get over that hurdle of, of making a device that consumers want. It's still seen as a business device. And that's their own fault. They blew off the, the iPhone when it was released. Didn't think that it would hurt them at all. And in fact, it killed them. Um, you know, they're, they're a shell of what they once were. And it's because of 
the decisions on top. Uh, I, I don't believe that uh, it's the workers' fault. I, I think that the workers at RIM probably had some some innovative ideas of things to do, and and the the, the top management just said no. And then they released the tablet. You know, and a company that built its entire reputation on email released a tablet without the ability to have email. And that's just, it's unacceptable. And, um, you know, RIM's stock plummeted, uh, the reputation plummeted, and you see companies like Samsung and HTC and certainly Apple leading the way, uh, bringing out either iOS uh, devices for Apple or Android-based devices for the, uh, for the others, really take over the market. And so basically, Research in Motion became a poor number three. But at least they're not as bad as Microsoft, which is an awful number four. Well, I, I think that, that if you look at the numbers, uh, Research in Motion is probably even further down the list. I mean, th- there, there was a time... Um, you know, a couple of years ago, even, you know, my daughter would have been 16, 17 at that time, where a lot of her friends were getting Blackberries because they were so cheap. And that's one way that RIM tried to, to counteract what Apple was doing to them was to release these awful cheap Blackberries. And because they had, um, the Blackberry messaging system, uh, you know, they could chat or text for free if you were on uh, a BlackBerry. And, you know, Apple solved a lot of the problems that, that people had with them, especially companies with remote wipe and, and security issues that they wanted fixed. Apple solved all of those problems in subsequent releases of the, the OS and hardware. Well, in the last release, Apple had an iPhone 4S with all of the the bells and whistles. You had an iPhone 4 with most of the bells and whistles. And then you had a free iPhone 3GS. Well, that just, that killed any hope that RIM had of of ever getting back in the game. Well, look at this now, AT&T, which has all three phones. I think that's the only company that has all three phones. AT&T, 80% of their smartphone activations in the last quarter were iPhones, 80%. In Verizon, it's only 52%. Oh, well. But where is research in motion? And now, okay, so the two guys leave. New person's brought on board. And I read a quote that the new CEO says not much is going to change. <laughs> Duh. It sounds like Meg Whitman over at HP, where yeah. things are pretty bad. Sales of PCs were down, what, 26% the last quarter. Not much is going to change. So. Yeah. You know, when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, everything changed. Everything. So you think a company isn't doing well. A company may even be on the chopping block, which is what they said about research in motion. They might sell off the pieces. You know, they'll get a leveraged buyout or something, whatever. You say, no, not much is going to change. What is this? Well, and I, I almost think that he was just sucking up to his old bosses, you know, because anybody knows that, things have to change at Research in Motion. He just didn't do the right thing. He should have come out and said, you know what, we've sucked for years, and things are going to change drastically over the next year. If he had said that, stock would have shot up. He might not have gotten invited over for Christmas dinner at the co-CEOs, but 
stock would have shot up because people would have seen that, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And we want to we wanna follow him. But when you come out and say things like that, it's just, it's stupid. Stupid. He should have come out and been honest, and he wasn't. Well, that kind of spin control doesn't impress anybody. Well, no, I mean... But why does he have to even care about it? Once the two people in charge are forced to leave, everyone knew that things had to change. You become like a politician. You say, I'm going to look at this company top to bottom. I'm going to make it work better. You don't have to say everything's bad. You're going to say, I'm going to make everything work. I'm going to bring back the glory days. You know, make a good political speech. You know, call up any local politician. We'll tell them how to do it. Sure. But he didn't do that. And, you know, that starts off his reign in a bad way. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate for him. But, again, I don't feel bad for him. Now, this person, does he even know anything about running a company like that and creating a vision, a strategy? Well, that's a good question. I mean, he's been at the company for for a while. He was, what, COO, uh, Chief Operating Officer. So he certainly knows the ins and outs of how the company works. So he was but, there while the company was failing. Yes. Not a yeah, bad, not a good move. To be honest, I'm surprised that, uh, that Rim didn't go outside of the company to bring somebody in. Um, I, I, I don't know why they didn't. I mean, there, there are some talented people out there that probably would have, um, cherished a shot to, to turn Rim around. But, you know, here we are, and we have somebody from uh, within the inner circle that is taking over. And his first public statement certainly wasn't a positive one, in, in my opinion. So at this point, do we hope things will soon change, or is research in motion just going to fade away? I think Microsoft is fading away, frankly. Well, you, you can't... I think that the the problem with some people and maybe even inside this company is to think that, well, research in motion is too big to go away. Well, Kodak was big, you know, they're going away. Um, there are a lot of big companies out there that have gone away in the past decade, um, because they just failed to, to keep up and, and more importantly to innovate I mean, you can keep up and keep a business going, but if you don't innovate and try and lead the pack, there's no way that you're going to be number one. Well, that will be a lesson we hope they're going to learn. Jim Dalrymple, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me at loopinsight.com and on Twitter at jdalrymple. There you go. And when things happen right or wrong at Research in Motion, Apple, or any of these other companies, Jim Dalrymple is going to find out about it before most anybody else. This guy's got sources you can't believe. Jim Dalrymple, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks a lot, Gene. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're going to explore business creation, technology, and fascinating offer that's coming your way. Our guest is Rich Sloan. He's founder of Startup Nation. I'm sure you've heard of this because they had a national radio show and everything. And it's for people who want to build their own business. Rich, welcome to the Tech Night Owl Live. And I think the biggest question I'll ask you first is, before we get into this grant, which we all need, if we can apply for it, let's ask about starting a business. You know, the economy has been pretty bad. We're starting to get back on track. How do you start a business in this day and age? Well, you know, uh, Gene, first of all, thank you very much for having me as a guest on your program. I will tell you that the theme of your program being the practical application of technology and what I focus on every day, which is helping entrepreneurs get into business, are uniquely coupled. Uh, And what I mean is that like no other era, technology has been the major game changer to enable people to start a business at a cost level that is so much lower than ever before in history, well, in, in, in the past 100 years, let's just say, on, a, on an inflation-adjusted basis, uh, it really is a special moment. Technology is opening up the possibilities, is, is leveling the playing field, and helping people get into business with a, a toolkit uh, that enables them to compete with anyone. It's no coincidence, obviously, that we, we partnered with Brother on this uh, initiative to offer a grant to people to start up businesses. I believe that now is as good a time as there has ever been to start a business. When times get tough in the economy, needs start to scream. And when you have screaming needs, you have huge opportunities. When people need things and are more urgent and desperate for things uh, because of various pressures that an economy like this might bring, that's a great time to get into business and solve their problems. So we're seeing startup rates in, in droves at Startup Nation. We have about two and a half million users each year at StartupNation.com. And there has been absolutely no uh, decrease in the amount of activity and the interest in getting into business. Now, because of the fact that we have this technology, you can set up a website. And if the website looks good and it works well and you have a good offer, 
that website can bring in business, and it doesn't matter if you're not a multibillion-dollar corporation, does it? Well, it's it's very inexpensive to enter into many kinds of online businesses, so the barriers to entry for you are really low, like you're saying. Beyond being able to hang that shingle in the virtual environment of the Internet, there are also very inexpensive ways for you to create awareness and to drive traffic to your website. At Startup Nation, for example, we espouse that you work with the local media to develop awareness about interesting angles about your business. We espouse utilizing things like Facebook and Twitter and other social media to maximize the chatter out there about what you're doing and create awareness and drive people to your site. And so not only can you hang that shingle, but you can get people through your virtual door in a way that you otherwise would have had to spend lots of traditional advertising dollars to achieve in the past. Of course, the big question is here with so many online businesses, how do you stand out from the crowd? How do you get your place in the sun? Yeah, that, that is a, a challenge. Uh, what we have found, though, is that what we found is that if you focus less on what the competition is doing and focus more on how satisfied your customers are, we believe that at the end of the day, your satisfied customers will do your marketing for you. So in other words, instead of placing priority on, oh my goodness, what is the competition? It's really about taking one customer, making them incredibly satisfied, and then making them into a champion of your business so that they mention you to someone else and they to someone else and on and on it goes. That's really where your focus should be. This is not an environment where you're going to be able to compete with big box retailers, you know, the Amazons of the world. So try to take control of the things that you truly can influence. And there's nothing that you're going to have more access to to influence than your precious customers. Before we get into telling our listeners how to apply from this $5,000 small business grant from Brother, I noticed something on your site is startupnation.com. It's an article that you quote called, What Every Startup Can Learn From Google. Well, of course, we know Google's pretty large. But what can a startup learn very briefly from a place like Google? Well, I have to admit that I didn't write that article, and <laughs> we have over 200,000 pages of content at our website, so I won't be able to uh, cite that article specifically during our discussion here. But I can tell you, number one, the thing that you got to love about Google is that they keep things simple. If you notice when you go to google.com, you have one thing that you can do, and that is enter into search term. And many times we as entrepreneurs try to do too much. And by offering too much and saying too much and basically cluttering up the offer, it can confuse a customer. So I would say one thing to take away from Google is keep it simple, keep it very clear, have one primary thing you want your customer to do, to learn, an action to take, and focus on that big time. You know, the other thing that you have to say about Google is be the best at what you do. When I want to put in a search term, how much confidence am I going to have that Google is the best resource? Uh, in spite of some of the Bing ads that would suggest otherwise out there, <laughs> I really am totally confident that Google is going to provide its value to me. And if you can cultivate that kind of reputation and expectation, you're going to keep people coming back over and over. Now, how did you get into partnership with Brother? 
Well, uh, obviously, Startup Nation is out there in the mix uh, in the small business space. And I think it's fair to say that Brother is one of the leading providers of hardware solutions for people who are setting up businesses, setting up offices, wanting to be efficient, wanting to have professional output. Uh, Everyone knows the Brother printers, for example. And so it was a natural for us to link up with a company that provides products to our traffic, our two and a half million annual users at Startup Nation, to conduct this, uh, what started out as a survey, and then once we saw the survey results and did some brainstorming with Brother, led to the grant program. Okay, specifically, we're talking about $5,000 grants. How many of them are being offered? Through March 2nd, which is the deadline, we will be taking applications for uh, grants, uh, each one being $5,000, and five of them will be given out. So a total of $25,000 will be issued in $5,000 grants, and the award announcement date is March 26th. So we'll take the month of March to process all the applications and give people, give five entrepreneurs this critical startup or, if necessary, growth money. Uh, based on the strength of their submissions. So is this like submitting some sort of business plan for your enterprise? I would I would say business plan extremely light. Uh, you'll see that when you make the application, it's very easy, number one. Number two, the amount of detail that we require is just enough for, under, for us to understand what your special edge might be, why your business might be valuable, how you would put the $5,000 to work. And it's, it's mostly that level of detail that will uh, be required. Uh, very simple stuff. Does the business have to be established or is it something that I have an idea, this is a great idea, I think it's going to succeed, here's my proposal, would you fund a little bit of it? I would say that if you want to start a business, we want to help you with this grant program. So by all means, apply with your business concept, and you've got a real shot. Uh, I would also say that if you uh, have entered into business and need a little extra, uh, as they call it in the business, a little extra dry powder to uh, pack into your business, this is uh, a very viable option. So it could be used for early growth, too. All right, Rich Sloan, he's founder of Startup Nation. We're discussing business startups, but also this grant from Brother, $5,000 for five lucky users. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwells. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, 
rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Jim Newcomer from Midas Resources, February 3rd, 2012. Gold opened this morning at 1755.70. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1798.97, 899.49 for a half ounce, or 449.74 for a quarter ounce. That's 1798.97, 899.49, and 449.74. Gold isn't for you? Hi, I'm Ted Anderson, and I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed the government is doing a great job. The Fed will stop handing out trillions like bailout candy, but that's not what's happening. If all looks rosy, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked while gold has risen 1,600%. Savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well. Free. Call 800-686-2237. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Extend your life with Extendovite. Extendovite is a seven-herb heart protection cocktail designed to support cardiovascular health, blood pressure, and cholesterol levels. February is Heart Month, and we at Heart Drop 2000 are having our leap year sale with prices from five years ago. From February 1st to February 29th, you can purchase a four-month supply of either capsules or liquid for only $125, including shipping and handling, to help you help yourself. So call now to take advantage of this one-time offer. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Rich Sloan hey. of StartupNation.com joining us. And that's your specialty, you know, dealing with startup businesses, guiding you to building your business, maybe becoming the next Google, the next Facebook, the next Twitter, the next Apple. You know, Gene, let me uh, just uh, interrupt you for one moment and say that you mentioned Apple and you mentioned Google and maybe the entrepreneurs listening want to become of that size. The fact of the matter is most people don't. 
but what they can become is a very successful entrepreneur who has their own business, who has taken control of their own destiny, who is relying on themselves, uh, not someone else where they might be stuck working for the man or perhaps even without a job and without revenue. That is within reach. To become an Apple or a Google for the rarest few, that's in reach, but um, it is truly attainable for you to start up your own home-based business, your own Main Street business, your own job-creating business in your own small community. Now, that's an interesting thing, too. Do you need to live in an area where business prospects are good? I mean, if you live in one of the states where the unemployment is high, is that more of a reason to try to start something up or what? Well, you know, the beauty of technology today is that it allows you to be wherever you want to be. No longer do you have to think in terms of the blinders of what happens within the boundaries of your own village, to put air quotes around it. And instead, you can target any community you wish to, just as long as you have a logic as to how you're going to create awareness, wherever that might be, with your offering. So, for example, there might be someone in rural Arizona who would like to sell something to someone in the big city of Chicago. And by all means, that's possible today. So I think that we have uprooted the dependency or reliance on the local uh, market. And now we have opened ourselves up to truly global opportunity from even a home-based business. Now, in dealing with business and merchandise in other countries. And I guess that could be complicated too. Do you have to get into all the currency differences or do you just deal with a credit card processor or PayPal and let them figure it out? I would say, you, you hit it on the head, Gene. I would say to make things easy initially, keep the complexity low, use something with PayPal, which is an internationally accepted standard, and you will be essentially handheld through the process and lifted up by their credibility so you don't have any issues. There are also trading groups uh, and agencies here in the U.S. that you can tap into to help you sell into overseas markets. And by all means, uh, they should not be ignored. They should be pursued, uh, if, if at all possible. Obviously, there are pitfalls to watch out for, landmines, whatever. Very quickly, before we wrap this up and, of course, mention that $5,000 grant that's coming from Brother that's being offered, yep. what are the landmines we have to look out for? Number one, do not buy into your own hype. In other words, as excited as you might be about your business, test drive your assumptions and your claims and your language on your website with people who are other than those who love you or at least if they love you, they're willing to give you tough love. Don't allow yourself to conduct your business in an emotional manner. Make sure you uh, cross-check everything that you're doing with people uh, who are sober about it. Uh, number two, I would always say that respect what I call the 2X factor. Things often take twice as long and sometimes cost twice as much as you had originally assumed. So be sure that you are conservative in the assumptions that you make so that you don't find yourself in a desperate situation as you go through the process of getting your business off the ground, up and running. One is construction, because construction projects never finish on time. Websites never seem to be developed on time. I, I think that's perfect, perfect examples. I, I look at them, by the way, both as construction projects. One's just the new kind. Um, I would say one third, uh, one thing, a third thing to add to the mix 
is people. Um, I don't think that any one individual is good at every single thing that a business needs. And so it's very important to surround yourself with superstars. Many times we as entrepreneurs try to be Superman. Take off the cape, find great people, give them some incentives, whatever it may be, cash, equity, gratification of helping a startup, and bring them in so that you can complete all of the skills necessary to get your business up and off the ground. Don't try to be Superman. Uh, and we and, have to even mention that, Apple. We had Steve Jobs, who was the great salesman, but we had Steve Wozniak, who could build the hardware. Well, there's a great example. And some of the best businesses have resulted from dynamic duos or small teams of people who've come together and have the complete offering to complement each other. So it's also, By the way, yeah. if, I could, if I could use that as a segue, I think that that very thing has happened between Startup Nation and Brother with this grant program. Here's Startup Nation looking at itself as being extremely strong and providing guidance, assistance, um, and insights to, as well as connections to entrepreneurs. And here's brother with uh, the hardware and equipment necessary to, to uh, put together a, an efficient and effective office and conduct a business. And uh, the collaboration between the two of us is a great example of how bringing uh, parts together like that creates a greater whole. All right, let's go back to this one more time for a couple of minutes here, Rich. This grant, $5,000. Once again, how do you apply for it? It's as simple as going to startupnation.com. There, when you land on any page of Startup Nation, you will be given a, uh, a, a button to click that takes you to an information page and the opportunity to apply. The application is simple. You fill out in, uh, some basic 411 about your business, and then you also indicate what you would use the grant funding for, as well as what is special about your business, kind of a, a little argument statement for why your business is important and valuable. And with that, it is submitted, uh, the deadline being March 2nd. And throughout the weeks of March, we will be processing all of the applications and select and announce winners on March 26th. There will be five recipients of $5,000 each. And we're hoping to track them as they move forward and continue to point attention their way so that uh, people can learn from what they're doing and also celebrate their successes. Now, this is not restricted to the U.S., is it? Um, you know what? I would say uh, refer to the rules and regulations section to understand the territories where this is um, where this is offered, and you'll see a link to that when you get to the page at startupnation.com. I, I do want to say it is not restricted to people who want to start a business. Uh, in, in other words, people who want to start a business are fully uh, invited and encouraged to throw their hat in the ring for the app before the uh, grant, as well as people who are in the earlier stages of the business and are seeking $5,000 to grow their early stage business. Okay, you'll find the information over at StartupNation.com. And I did check, by the way, it's limited to legal residents of the continental United States, 18 years of age or older, and all the usual stuff in terms and conditions. So try it. Maybe you'll get your grant. In the meantime, check out Startup Nation. Thanks, Rich Sloan, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks so much, Gene. I hope everyone gets out there and starts it up. <laughs> 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high-pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Has the United States been discovered in the Bible? Where does Islam fit in Bible prophecy? Is the New World Order world government? These and other crucial end-time questions are answered in the new DVD package, Understanding the End Time, from End Time Ministries. Jesus Christ said, I tell you these things before they come to pass, so that when they do come to pass, you might believe. After you watch this 14-lesson DVD series, Understanding the End Time, you'll know more about Bible prophecy than the average seminary graduate. This DVD package normally sells for $280, but now is only $199. Order Understanding the End Time DVD package at endtime.com today for only $199 or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463. 1-800-363-8463 or endtime.com. What if pain could be reduced, ailments could be alleviated, physical and mental stress could be eased, and blood circulation increased, all by simply lying down? Introducing the original Biomat. The Biomat is an FDA-registered medical device that combines deep, penetrating infrared space-age technology and revitalizing negative ions with the incredible healing power of amethyst crystals. A Biomat can boost your immune system, relieve pain and stiffness, reduce stress and fatigue, and assist in detoxifying your body. Join the thousands of people reporting relief from chronic pain, fibromyalgia, arthritis, sports injuries, insomnia, and much more. Each Biomat comes with a lifetime trade-in and three-year warranty. Learn more at bio.com. 
bio-mats.com, spelled B-I-O-M-A-T-S.com, or call 360-944-8692. That's 360-944-8692. Visit bio-mats.com today and enhance your life with a Biomat. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and the loop at loopinsight.com. And we are focusing on a whole bunch of fascinating stories have come to light, one of which actually made the New York Times. And it was about the way Apple supposedly treats the contract workers who work for the companies at Foxconn and all these places that build Apple gear. And the question is, are they being mistreated? So do you think the tens of thousands of people who build your iPhone, your Mac, your iPad, are they being treated like slave labor? Well, if they're being treated like slave labor, I'm, I'm, I guess it's news to them because I just read a report a day or two ago that said that uh, recruiters for Foxconn had thousands and thousands of people um, outside their offices looking for work uh, just within the last few days as the company has been staffing up uh, to increase manufacturing demand. So there are certainly a lot of people in China who are looking for work um, and who are only too happy to take these jobs. But is that because the working conditions are good or because they're starving, they can't get a job, they'll take anything? Well, I, I think that it's because um, they need the work and uh, they're willing to do the work. And I think that that really goes to the crux of uh, any kind of discussion, any kind of substantive discussion that we've got to have about working conditions in China and what exactly that means. Um, to, to, to back up a couple of steps, uh, Gene, let's take a look at this issue. For let's 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 break down this issue. First of all, Apple doesn't own or doesn't hire the people that 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 work in its factories in China. It doesn't have any factories in China. It works with a company called Hanhai uh, Precision, uh, which which uh, has a subsidiary called Foxconn. And Foxconn operates uh, what is colloquially known in the area as iPod City. It's, it's a huge manufacturing facility, a gated area uh, in a part of, of China called Shenzhen, um, which employs hundreds of thousands of workers. And the scale of the manufacturing facilities is really unimaginable to people who maybe are accustomed to more Western-style operations because the, uh, the, these, these workers are housed in dor- dormitories. Uh, they're fed in company cafeterias. Um, they, they, they make very small wages compared to Western workers, but, of course, the economy of scale or the economy – um, in China is very different than 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 what we're accustomed to. So, uh, you know, they're only making seventeen twenty dollars a day, um, but compared to the life that they had before, in many cases, these people are coming from rural areas. Um, they're not uh, incredibly well educated. They don't have uh, very sophisticated technical training. It's better than they could have done beforehand. So basically, and, to them, this is an upscale position. 
Well, to them, it's a position that gets them work and gets them work for as long as they need to do something else. I don't think that there are too many people um, doing this kind of uh, line assembly work in China who want to make a career out of it. But according to the reports that I've read, it is customary for people um, in, in this background to do this work for a number of years, sock the money away because uh, they don't have a huge amount of expenses otherwise, and then use that money to do something else. Maybe it's further their education, or maybe it's buy a small business, or maybe it's return some of the money to their community or their families, um, or what have you. You know, there, there are ulterior motives for doing it here. Anyway, the bottom line is the, the New York Times article portrays really dire working conditions for, for some of these uh, employees. Um, and that's led to a certain amount of furor or uproar from, uh, from some people saying that Apple is mistreating its workers. Well, certainly I was mentioning in our previous interview with Jim Dalrymple that there are dozens of companies who have their gear built at a Foxconn plant. It's not well, that, just Apple. I mean, you know, you've got HP, you've got Dell. And that's the inherent hypocrisy of so much of this. If you have bought anything in the past few years that involves consumer electronics or really just about any kind of manufacturing, chances are some part of it came from China at some point or another, uh, produced in working conditions that are just as bad, if not worse, than what's, what's going on in the Foxconn plants that Apple uses. Is that an excuse? No, but it is an acceptance of the reality. A lot of product manufacturing happens in China these days, and a lot of the conditions aren't good. Do I think that we need to be putting pressure on Apple to be improving worker conditions? No, I think that that's misplaced. I think that we need to be directing that, that message to the, the Chinese government more specifically. I think that we need to be using diplomatic means to, to try to affect that change because that is a much broader question and that affects much more people and a much larger segment of, uh, of the population than who's buying Apple products specifically. And you have to think here that you know China might just be grateful that their population has a job. You know, they already have a job. Maybe it's not the best kind of job they could have had. But it's work. It's regular work. The paychecks are predictable. The working conditions are predictable, even though maybe we wouldn't accept it in the industrialized world. And they're paying taxes. Yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. And another way of looking at it is that, um, you know, that ultimately you're talking about a population of more than a billion people and Foxconn employs a million of them. This is, you know, the, the, the scale that we're talking about is just is really unimaginable when you compare to a, a North American or European sort of uh, uh, system of doing things. It's just China operates on a completely different scale altogether. So in the end here, do you think maybe the best way to handle something like this is not just to put all the blame on Apple, but for various companies who use these factories to get together and insist on a minimum set of working conditions? Like an industry-wide committee, which says we have a set of standards and practices. We put a seal. We can say our products are built according to those standards and practices. And then the factories will be forced, in order to remain in business, to adhere to those minimum standards. I think it's it's foolish to to use a word like insist. You know, if if 
going straight back to uh, you know the Nixon administration's uh, uh, diplomatic negotiations with uh, the, the the Mao regime, I, I I think that we've we've learned over and over again that that uh, Western companies and in fact Western countries are not in a position to insist anything about the way that China works or operates. I think that Apple should be commended for doing what it's already doing, which is being as transparent as it is with its information about how its supply chain operates. The fact of the matter is this New York Times article never would have gone to print if Apple hadn't been as forthcoming as it was with public documentation about its supply chain and it's about the the, the, the conditions um, in, 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 uh, at those suppliers. So make no mistake, many people are condemning Apple for being transparent. I haven't seen similar reports come out of Microsoft, whose Xbox 360 controllers are manufactured by Foxconn, and in fact, whose... Foxconn contractors staged a suicide protest several weeks ago because of working conditions in their factory. I haven't seen similar reports come out of other manufacturers. Apple is being condemned here because Apple has actually been forthcoming with information about those practices. So Apple's being blamed because they're trying to be forthright about it. They're being blamed because they're good corporate citizens. That's the bottom line. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. We will read each and every message we get. We have Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show on the loop at loopinsight.com. More coming on the Tech Night Owl Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Folks, have you lost your power and wanted to simply flip a switch to get the lights back on? If so, this is going to be the most important message you'll ever hear. Because there's never been a better time to get ready for the winter power outages ahead. Here's why. Solar power generators are now available from our friends at Solutions from Science, one of our oldest sponsors. Their emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical power when you need it most. 
Unlike gas generators, a solar generator runs quietly, emits no fumes, and produces electricity from the sun. It's like having an electric power plant running quietly in your own home. Whether it's ice storms, brownouts, or blackouts, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. When the power goes out this winter, you'll be ready with a solar power generator from Solutions from Science. Go to MySolarBackup.com for more information. That's MySolarBackup.com or call 877-327-0365. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Peter Cohen getting angry <laughs> because he has the Angry Mac Bastards radio show and he's really getting upset because of the fact that he thinks that Apple is getting unfair attention because of what's happening at the various contract factories that other companies who use those same factories are involved in the same sort of issues. Where do you go? Yeah, let's invent a new country where you can uh, manufacture stuff. You know, or let's replace those jobs with robots. I've seen, you know, I, I have seen in the course of the past five or six days, Gene, some of the, the some of the the stupidest comments coming from people who ought to know better about how to how to affect change in China. You know, let's replace all the workers with robots. That'd fix the problem. That that's one serious um, suggestion. That's sure, let's up. just put everybody out of work. Right, exactly. Or, or let's bring the manufacturing back to the United States. Right, because I want to pay $1,500 for an iPhone. Like, that's not going to put an Apple out of business overnight. 
You know, assuming assuming that you could even manufacture an iPhone in the United States, which I, I'm not satisfied that you actually could, because it isn't just about putting the pieces of the iPhone together. It's about getting all of those pieces together as well. We're not just talking about Foxconn here. We're talking about dozens, if not hundreds, of individual component suppliers. You know, the people who make the screws that put the thing together, the people who make the traces that, 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 that go on, on the circuit boards, the people who uh, uh, produce the rare earth metals that, by the way, you can only get from China these days that are needed in the manufacturing of these components. You know, th- this isn't just about Foxconn and this isn't just about Apple. This is about the, the economic importance of China at every step of the game when it comes to manufacturing a consumer electronics product. And that's not just Apple. That's everyone, everywhere. You buy anything that's got electronics in it, chances are parts of it have come from China. So basically here we're complaining about something maybe a little bit uh, prematurely or without considering the consequences. And that's always part of the problem here. You know, we look at situations that we don't like. What about the consequences? I well, mean, exactly. Okay, well, like Steve Jobs was quoted as saying to Obama, he said, these jobs, they're now being filled by people in Asia, building Macs and other electronic gear. They're not coming back here. Exactly right. That's, of course, the issue that they have to confront. These jobs aren't coming back. These jobs were never here. The iPhone didn't exist when Apple had manufacturing facilities in the United States. You know, and even when Apple could make stuff in the United States, it preferred not to if it had an alternative. The SE30 that I got when I was much younger was assembled in Ireland because it was cheaper at the time for Apple to build them in Ireland than it was for them to build build them here. Was was Apple wrong in doing that? No. The the DeLorean, John DeLorean's uh, sports car was assembled in Ireland. You know, there was a time when Ireland was a great place to have products manufactured. Companies that make money, you know, go to places that are cheap in order to make products. That's just the way that business is done. It's naive to assume anything else. So in this case here, this will blow over. I think it'll probably blow over in a few weeks. We're not going to care. We'll be involved in what's happening with the political campaign. What about the iPad 3? Is Apple going to release the iPhone 5 this summer at WWDC, only nine months after the iPhone 4S came out because somehow it's perceived that the iPhone 4S, the best-selling iPhone ever with record sales, well, it's a flawed product because it doesn't look different. Well, the only people, I I think most of the people who are saying that um, had to eat a lot of crow when Apple um, published the highest uh, earnings for any uh, um, tech company ever, you know, this past month. I think think most people had to shut up about that. And you have to think here, what are some of these companies thinking like Microsoft? Microsoft is seeing now that the iPhone division at Apple – all by itself, all by its lonesome, had a higher revenue than all of Microsoft, all of Microsoft's divisions. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, I was watching a video just the other day uh, that was recorded back in uh, 07 when uh, Apple first rolled out the iPhone um, that featured uh, Steve Ballmer, um, Microsoft's CEO, being very dismissive of the iPhone. 
talking about how it was a five hundred dollar phone and nobody was going to pay that and you know that was great for the very very high end but uh you know they had um uh, pocket PC phones uh, that were out uh, today that, that worked great and that people loved. And you know, five years later, it's a very different situation. Apple has made um, more money than Balmer ever could have imagined off of iOS products and is in a much more dominating controlling position than, uh, than Balmer or chances are most everyone at Microsoft could have imagined back then. So eat it, Steve. And you have to wonder, what is Microsoft going to do in light of the situation? They see Windows sales are starting to fall. Mac sales still going up, and they would have gone up more, but some people are moving to the iPad. More PC people are moving to the iPad. So That's the whole right, world yeah. has changed. Yeah, HP you know. had a 26% sales reduction. That's because they couldn't figure out whether they're going to keep their PC division or not, of course. One of the things that uh, came out of the um, Apple earnings announcement that I thought was really interesting um, during the Q&A session that uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook and CFO Peter Oppenheimer do with analysts um, after the actual announcement itself, um, Cook was asked by one of the analysts about um, uh, about iPad um, cannibalization of the Mac uh, uh, the Mac line and and Cook said, well, you know the the uh, yeah you, we we acknowledge that um, I'm paraphrasing here of course we acknowledge that the iPad is cannibalizing uh, Mac sales but it's cannibalizing PC sales more so as long as that continues we don't mind you know there's no question that people are finding more and more uses for uh, for iPads um, uh, as as time goes on and in fact you know it's really interesting Jim because even I. Uh, as much as I love my, my, my MacBook and my MacBook Air, I uh, find more excuses to take my iPad with me when I go out than I do with my MacBook. I think that, that the, the utility of the products um, has increased dramatically as software support has gotten better, both by Apple and by the third parties that are developing software for it. It's gotten to that point where... More and more people will find the iPad is their one and only personal computer, and people who use personal computers grudgingly. Now, I'll give you an example. Mrs. Steinberg, she never liked using my Mac. she checked her email on it. she checked a site. Grudgingly, she gets an iPad in her hand, and you can't take it away from her. Yeah, you know, some people just really gravitate to it. You know, it's it's a much more natural experience for them, and they like it. I was just talking to uh, to a, a uh, um, uh, to a, a family associate the other day, and it was the same sort of situation. They um, uh, they have an iPad and they like it, and uh, they were thinking about buying other Apple products as, as a result of it. So, just anecdotally, you see this this halo effect that we've heard about for years. You know, sort of uh, manifesting itself. It's great. It's great stuff. So the question is, where does Apple go from here? You know, we've got this halo effect where people are buying Macs, you know, people are buying an iPhone maybe, and then they're getting an iPad, or they're getting an iPad, then they're thinking more about the iPhone. Um, what does Apple do on it from here? Does, does Apple need a new product category? You know, that's a big question. Now, of course, we're trying to give them one, which is, of course, the TV set space. Will oh, Apple please, produce please. an integrated ITV, smart TV, and you're seeing that how the industry has been so spooked 
that Apple's going to do this. Of course, with no confirmation except for a sentence or two in that book from Walter Isaacson, where he says that Steve Jobs cracked the code, whatever that means, to make the ultimate TV interface. They are all assuming Apple's going to come out with a TV. At CES, you had other companies producing smart TVs in response to this anticipated product. It's like when we thought Apple would come out with some kind of tablet computer in 2010. At CES, everybody had tablets. It's the year of the tablet. And the iPad came out, and we forgot about all the other products. So we have the same thing again, where the industry is assuming Apple has to come out with this product. And because they have to come out with this product, we better get our answer. Even if we never produced TVs before, like Lenovo. Lenovo makes perfectly decent PCs, including the ThinkPad notebooks. Really good. But now they're going to do TVs because Apple, I guess, has done it. We've got Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Peter Cohen of the Angry Mac Bastards Radio Show and the Loop at LoopInsight.com for one more segment. So let's talk about this. Apple spook the industry by a single tiny portion in that book by Walter Isaacson. Do you think Steve Jobs said that knowing how they'd react? <laughs> yeah, did Steve Jobs He's laughing troll? from up there. Um, did Steve Jobs troll everybody? Yeah, yeah, you know, it, look, what he said specifically was I'd like to take a I'd like to create an integrated television set that is completely easy to use. It would be seamlessly synced with all of your devices and with iCloud. It will have the simplest user interface you could imagine. I finally cracked it. That is very different from saying Apple is building a TV set. You know, I, I think that there, there is this Kremlinology that happens um, specifically with commentary from Steve Jobs. We used to see this all the time uh, whenever he would email a customer who would email his personal account and ask him a question. And then that email would inevitably make its way out into the, um, into the, the, the Internet. Uh, people would parse it, and people would 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 uh, 
you know, almost in sort of this Talmudic fashion, try to understand every nuance that Steve Jobs was saying. And I think it's, it's really ridiculous um, that people do that. Jobs could have just as easily been talking about a new revision to the Apple TV as he could have been talking about an actual TV set. Personally, I don't see the economics of Apple getting into the TV market as making much sense. You know, it's a commodity market. It's very much driven by price. Uh, that's not an area that, that, that Apple has been particularly successful with in the past, unless it's inventing a new product, product category altogether, as it did with the iPad. I could see a potential as a souped-up Apple TV that would do what people expect an Apple smart TV to do, but it's all infused into the set-top box, so anybody could use it, and Apple doesn't have to worry about building TVs for $3,000 or 2000 or whatever. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, that's exactly what I'm saying is that, that Apple sure. has no real direct incentive to, to uh, build its own TV sets when there are other companies that already own that marketplace and already dominate it. Exactly. Exactly. There's no reason for them to do this kind of thing. And let's look at how an enhanced Apple TV might be. I was thinking, well, okay, it picks up the signal from your set-top box and maybe replaces the interface of what you see with something that's more Apple-like. So you don't have to put up with the horrible interface from Cox or Comcast or DirecTV. DirecTV just introduced a new interface that's a little bit better. You don't have to. All that information and scheduling will come into the Apple TV as some kind of app, okay? And the app will be available to customers of those services and give them Apple's simple interface, Siri, activation. You want to switch? It's almost like maybe works with universal remote control from Apple. They replace Logitech Harmonies and Apple provides their own version of the universal remote control with the Apple TV interface to cover all your TV needs, except for your Xbox. Possibly. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm too reluctant to read too much into what Jobs um, said specifically, but you know, his comment was that it would be seamlessly synced with all your devices and with iCloud. So you know, Apple's seen a lot of success with iCloud. We heard that, again, getting back to the, um, the, the earnings call that just happened. Um, Apple says that I think 85 million customers have signed up for, for iCloud right now and that they're seeing a very good pickup rate. So that's great. Um, what does sync with all your devices mean, though? And again, this is, this is this, this criminology stuff that I'm really reluctant to get into. Does that mean synced with all the devices in your living room? Does that mean synced with all of your, your Apple devices? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that means, and, and I, I don't want to uh, read too much into it. Uh, you know, all I know right now is I've, I've, I've suffered through two versions of the Apple TV um, that have had an increasingly diminished place in my home entertainment experience. I, I bought an Apple TV, uh, the original Apple TV when it came out, um, and, and used it uh, a fair amount. I, I replaced it with an Apple TV 2 and used that device significantly less than I used the original Apple TV. And you know, really don't use it nearly as much as, let's say, that my TiVo, you know, or um, my kids use the, their PlayStation 3. Well, the so, thing I have to ask about it is, I have direct TV. If I want to watch a new movie ahead of when maybe Netflix gets it, I just have to use their pay-per-view feature and pay the same that I pay 
to Apple for pay-per-view. So where's the difference? Right. What's the advantage of using the Apple device? Exactly. There is none. Sometimes I'll, I'll uh, try to compete on price, right? If I see a rental um, that uh, I can get cheaper through Apple than I can through Amazon uh, on demand, I'll do that. You know, uh, but otherwise, there's, there's no strong incentive for me to use my Apple TV compared to my other devices. The, the compulsion just isn't there. And until Apple gives me a reason, I'm not going to. Does that put me in the minority? No, I don't think so. Because most people I know don't use an Apple TV, have never heard of an Apple TV, and couldn't, quite frankly, care less that an Apple TV exists. At the same time, Apple still sold, what, 1.4 million? Now, 1.4 million for That's Apple. That's a drop in the bucket for them. It's less than a drop in the bucket. It's more than most companies sold when it came to tablets. But for Apple, it's still a hobby. They still have to figure out what they want to do. But it's going to take, I think, a major revision. I mean, I use it occasionally. Occasionally. I gave up on my Netflix streaming, though. I'm happy to have saved that nine bucks. Yeah, I still use Netflix, actually, on occasion. Um, but uh, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like I said, it, it, it will have to be a really compelling user experience for me to want to use it over uh, the other options I have. So whether or not Steve really uh, cracked something or, you know, just wanted to troll people on his way out the door, I'm not sure. I kind of think it's half of one, half the other. I really do. I think, you know, he's laughing in his grave. Look what all these companies did. Look at the tens of millions of dollars they squandered on trying to develop a new useless product to replace their old useless product. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, listen, as long as they're making money on it, they'll, they'll, they'll have an incentive to do it as long as, as the development, um, the R&D for it and, and, uh, and, and the marketing effort for it doesn't, um, take away from other efforts that are potentially more lucrative um, and more profitable. But, you know, we'll see. Well, I guess the question people will be asking is, Apple has the Mac, they've got the iPad, the iPod is, luster is fading because that whole market is fading. We've got the iPhone. What does Apple do next? Any rush to come up with something new? Well, the the the... the the secret to, to Steve Jobs' success in his um, second run as Apple's uh, CEO was understanding Apple's place in creating products that made people's lives easier, even if they didn't know it at the time. You know, a lot of times you see these new products come to market from companies that make consumer electronics that offer solutions to problems that people just didn't have you know and a lot of the commentary i've seen on the on apple over the years sort of falls into the same pattern where um you know well-meaning analysts and 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 tech pundits will come up with products that they'd like to see apple make um that that solve problems that nobody is really having you know do i need a uh, a refrigerator to tell me that that there's no uh milk in there no i can open up the the door and 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 uh and look inside uh, myself, you know, and see if there's milk in there. That, by the way, is an analogy that uh, John Welch over at Angry Mac Bastards 
uh, used in our latest show, so I apologize uh, for plagiarizing him. But uh, Okay, John, thank you for that. Tell us where we can find more of your stuff, Peter Cohen. Uh, AngryMacBastards.com uh, and uh, The Loop at uh, LoopInsight.com, same site that Jim Dalrymple writes for, um, and also sometimes over at Engadget. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you very much for having me, Gene. It's always a pleasure. Say, wouldn't it be great if that computer keyboard sitting on your desk also worked with your iPhone? Sending a text message would be lightning fast. This is exactly the idea behind the Matthias One keyboard for iPhone and Mac. You just need to experience it once to see how incredibly fast and convenient it really is. It's also available for the PC and BlackBerry. Visit onekeyboard.com slash TNO. Once again, onekeyboard.com slash TNO. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. Big Berkey water filters are in high demand. Storable foods are also in high demand. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has always kept our focus on the Berkey water filter products. But increasingly, our customers have been asking for storable foods. After months of research, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com now offers great-tasting, long-lasting, storable foods. These ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches. All you do is just add water. And because they're sealed so well, they come with a 25-year shelf life. Combine our Berkey water filters, which are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water with our storable foods, and you have a winning combination. Remember, we offer free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. 
Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So riddle me this, Daniel Aaron Dilger of AppleInsider.com and Roughly Drafted Magazine. What do Windows 8, Windows Phone 8, and iOS 3 have in common? Well, iOS 3 came out a couple years ago, and... Windows 8 is still a year away. <laughs> Windows Phone 8, they're both on the horizon. Okay, but Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8, what is Microsoft envisioning for these two that make you think of iOS 3? Well, there's a number of things. Microsoft just kind of outlined what they were trying to do with with the next version of Windows Phone. It's, it's not the next update, but it's apparently towards the end of the year, second half of this year. And what they're imagining... Some of the major things are things that happened last year. For example, they're adding support for multi-core processors, like the iPad 2 that came out last year, the iPhone 4S from last year, and support for a number of other things. For example, I mean, you mentioned iOS 3. One of the other major features that Microsoft is talking about is BitLocker, which is encryption. And it wasn't detailed, but um, remember Apple introduced encryption in iPhone 3GS, which came along with iOS 4, I believe. Um, but the the kind of big changes that tie in Windows Phone 8 with Windows 8 is that they're both planning to use the same kernel, some of the same development APIs, apparently. Apparently they're going to have native apps that actually work on the phone as opposed to, if you're not familiar with Windows Phone 7, it uses Silverlight as its Primary, primary development environment. Now, so I'm not concerned here like about Flash. Silverlight. Silverlight, as I recall, was Microsoft's answer to Flash. Right? right. It kind of serves the same target on the web. So that should be yesterday's news. I thought Microsoft is embracing HTML5 like everybody else. Well, remember that Windows Phone 7 came out over a year ago when it was originally debuted. So, I mean, Microsoft took some time in building it. It was building it basically in 2010. And during 2010, the goal was to have Silverlight everywhere. And you go to a page and it would like force you to load it. It was like there, it was very much a Flash sort of strategy. And as you recall, we were all talking about how Flash was going to die. And there's this big controversy from you know people who made money from Flash, saying, "Oh no, the iPad just needs to incorporate Flash. Apple needs to support Flash." 
2010 is when the iPad came out. So there was this year of transition from people who think, you know, people who had the idea that Flash was kind of the holy grail of everything and Microsoft trying to replicate it. And Apple just cut its legs off because by the end of 2010, not only was it quite obvious that Flash was not going to work out as a, as a, primarily as a mobile platform, but Microsoft had realized that Silverlight was going down the wrong path as well. And so they started pulling out of Silverlight, but they'd already made Silverlight the only way to make Windows Phone apps. So they're kind of stuck with that decision. But on the desktop, and, and you know, their kind of web browser focus and everything shifted very much to where, to the extent to where now they're talking about Windows 8 won't have plugins at all. It'll be just like an iPad. And just like on iOS, you can't, you can't install plugins for Flash or Silverlight or whatever. Well, that's what Windows 8's going to be. And the problem is they... They came out with Windows Phone 7 before that became their strategy. So they were stuck with this kind of muddled strategy. And now what they're trying to do is they're trying to bring native apps to Windows Phone 7. And, and kind of related to that is they're taking the Windows kernel, the NT kernel, as opposed to um, Windows Mobile and Windows Phone 7 have always been based on Windows CE, which is an entirely different operating system that is only similar to Windows on the desktop in name. So that whole strategy of, of taking basically its desktop operating system and scaling it down to work in mobile devices is what Apple did five years ago with iOS. They weren't calling it iOS at that point. It was the iPhone OS. But when Steve Jobs got on stage and demonstrated the iPhone in 2007, he described the iPhone as running OS X. It, it essentially is. They don't, they don't call it the same thing, but it's uh, the design of the kernel how things work under the hood, the developer APIs, iOS is basically a mobile version of Mac OS X. And so that's what, five years later, what Microsoft is talking about, their future plans for Windows Phone 8 is to be, is to incorporate a lot more of the technology of the desktop Windows. So basically they're going to try to distill Windows 8 and make it Windows Phone 8. Well, to or am extent. I just totally confused about this? Because it sounds to me yeah, like that's... they're looking at Apple's strategy for 2007 and trying to replicate this in 2012. Is this a five-year plan on the part of Steve Ballmer? Well, you remember when Steve Jobs introduced the phone, he indicated that it was going to put Apple five years ahead. And a lot of people scoffed at that, but it's kind of interesting five years afterward that Microsoft is increasingly describing their vision for the future as being... What, my, what Apple did five years ago. Years ago. <laughs> in this case, it's, it's more than five years, but in other cases, it's less than five years. For example, it was uh, 2010. Before Windows Phone, or Windows Phone 7 launched at the end of 2010, Microsoft realized that Apple was doing something really smart with the App Store. So it was only two years behind at that point it made this Windows Mobile App Store, which they set it up and they got all the developers in and they had them pay to put all their apps in and then they disbanded it and said, now our new, our new platform is Windows Phone 7. Did uh, they give credits to the people who paid this money? Did they reimburse their developers? Yeah. I mean, if they're being... No, I think the developers it, got what they paid sure. for, which is to be listed to have their apps listed. Just nobody bought them. Okay. So then everybody had to come back with Windows Phone 7 apps, which are completely different. 
And they've been sitting in the app. The, the, the Windows Phone 7 app store now has tens of thousands of apps. It's just no one's buying them because nobody has a Windows Phone 7 device. So, and that's even after Nokia brings out this new series of smartphones. Well, Nokia is trying to. I mean, they've just started launching them, so it's a new a new effort by Nokia. Okay, but um, yeah, it's not. Uh, it hasn't taken off. It's been out for more than a year, and they're hoping that it's going to take off any day now. Of course, but it's kind of difficult to come back, you know, to to take off after having sat there for a year. The it's thing kinda, I wonder about here. Is doesn't anybody ask Microsoft why are you now in 2012 doing what Apple did five years ago? Don't you feel embarrassed? And why should anybody buy your product if it's so far behind? I mean, it's like look at Research in Motion. I guess is still trying to catch up with things of several years ago with their BlackBerry operating system. Well, if you're behind, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, all you, have to, all you can possibly do is try to catch up or abandon the market. And Microsoft really realizes that everything's going mobile. And, you know, abandoning the mobile market doesn't make any sense. Although it did abandon the music player market with the Zune last year. Um, but, yeah, it would be kind of Why does Zune rhyme with doom? <laughs> this is a I, question I, I want to ask everybody. Totally. Think about this for a moment here. Who in their right mind in developing a product... It would be this state-of-the-art, social network-savvy music player and call it the Zune. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine and Apple Insider. More coming on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack, attack, attack of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Take charge of your health. Get all natural innovative health products from the new affinityhealthproducts.com. From weight loss to cold and flu remedies to better joint function, discover natural products you can trust online at affinityhealthproducts.com. Like lose and snooze. Fact is, 90% of all diets fail. Why not try a completely new way of dieting? With lose and snooze, you can achieve weight loss while you sleep. Guaranteed. Reduce caloric intake, get a deep restorative sleep, build lean muscle mass, and keep your metabolic rate up to burn fat throughout the night and day with all-natural lose and snooze from AffinityHealthProducts.com. Include the one-day diet for a complete weight loss package. Order lose and snooze and the one-day diet and other all-natural products for men and women online at AffinityHealthProducts.com. Spelled A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y HealthProducts.com. 
or call 877-888-7126. That's 877-888-7126. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include microplant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. That's what it sounds like when a burglar kicks in the door of a dark house that looks like no one is home. Don't let your home be the next target. Make it look like someone is home watching television with Fake TV. Fake TV is a small electronic device that makes the same light as a real television. So from outside, it looks like someone is home watching TV. Fake TV plugs in just like a lamp on a timer, but is far more convincing to burglars. Fake TV deters burglars, costs far less than an alarm, and is highly recommended by numerous police departments. Use it anytime you're away from home. To order your Fake TV for only $34.95, go to FakeTV.com. Or call 1-877-5-FAKE-TV. Each additional fake TV is only $29.95. So get one for you and one for a loved one for safety, security, and peace of mind for both of you. Call 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. Faketv.com, the burglar deterrent. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. On the Tech Night How Live, we have Daniel Aaron Dilger. Daniel, we were talking about Microsoft trying to play catch-up, but you know, they've got to have a better excuse because, you know, when someone says, why do I buy your product today when all I'm getting is what the other guys had a couple of years ago, or five years ago, maybe. Well, it's interesting to look at, for example, Apple. Apple came into the smartphone industry. They were behind in, you know, they, they started zero. So they were behind all these other companies that existed. Um, Microsoft had been in the market for almost seven years, something like the five, five years, something like that, with Windows Mobile. Everybody else had been kind of, you know, Nokia and, and Palm and all these other companies had been making smartphones for about five years. Apple was behind. Apple didn't have technology. Apple didn't have a technology savvy in terms of mobile connectivity in a device. Up to that point, Macs didn't have uh, 3G capabilities or anything like that, not built in. So, I mean, Apple was behind. But what Apple did is they came into the market with a device that didn't try to be in feature parity with everything else out there. What they tried to deliver is something that got attention because of what it, what it did do was the best. So when the iPhone came out, it was behind in a number of respects. It didn't have a very good camera. It didn't have MMS features for texting pictures. It didn't have, I mean, there was a variety of things it didn't have. It didn't have 3G service on the first year. It didn't year. have multitasking. Well, most phones didn't have multitasking in, a, in that sense. 
they kind of ran junkware. But um, what it did do, it did phenomenally better than everything else in the market in a, in a way that was just drop-dead obvious. The web browser was incredible. There had never been a mobile device with a web browser like that before. Same thing with you know the Maps client. They, they relied on Google services for that, but what they built was unique. Google had had Google Maps on phones before, but it was really kludgy and you know, it was like a really difficult thing to use. Apple came out with a whole bunch of software on the iPhone that was incredible. It was so good people didn't realize how good it was. And so they assumed that everybody else was just going to copy it. They assumed that BlackBerry, for example, was just going to come out and you know, match everything within the year. And they assumed that Microsoft would just copy everything that Apple was doing that was unique. And instead, those companies struggled and struggled for years trying to duplicate what Apple had done. And they're still behind. Well, the thing, of course, is that the iOS didn't just spring full-blown in 2007. Apple had been working on that for several years before it became public. It wasn't something they just rushed to market. Well, that's true, but all those other companies had been producing products too. So it wasn't like Apple dropped in, you know, as aliens from another planet, you know, some advanced species. That's our other show, ladies Every- and gentlemen. <laughs> Everybody was working on it at the same time. And so it makes you wonder, how is Apple able to catch up in, you know, cameras and 3Gs and all these other things that, that they were behind in? Well, nobody else was able to catch up with what Apple had delivered that was better than their stuff. And then Apple also, at the same time, in addition to kind of catching up with these other features that other phones had, including enterprise features, which was a major, you know, one of the big bullet points of iPhone OS 2.0, they also released the App Store, which other platforms, Palm and Windows Mobile and everything, they had apps you could you could buy, but they weren't easy to find. They weren't easy to install. I, I remember having a Palm Pilot phone, that Palm Trio. You'd put a couple apps on it, and then the phone would not work. I remember this. I remember problems. a friend of mine who bought a Palm something or other. This is before they had phones. And they wanted me to help them install an app, and the process was so complicated. I wondered, what were they thinking, and how did they expect to make this user-friendly? It was anything but. It was user-hostile to the nth degree. Yeah. One of the things that really jumped out at me, I was recently watching um, Steve Jobs' introduction video from 2007, you know, when he showed off the phone. And we think about, you know, all the, all the cool things that he showed off. But before he introduced the phone, he showed this graph of kind of like where phones were in complexity and, you know, kind of power, what you could do with them, and how easy they were to use. And on that phone, th- there was like the super simple phones, the, the thing, you know, basically things that only can place a call, kind of in the middle, and then all the smartphones were off to the left side in the difficult-to-use territory. And they were. They were, I mean, if you had a Palm Pilot phone or a, you know, any of those phones, it was like kind of a dorky computer in a small, you know, it was, it was a lot like the, you know, handheld PC things. It was like a little gadget that you could figure out how to use if you were really into tech stuff. But they weren't anything that a normal person would want to use. I mean, I worked in IT and I was irritated with these devices that people were trying to support, even like trying to use one myself. They were just frustrating to use. Apple came out with a smartphone and well in that graph he said, this is what we want to do with the iPhone. And he put it up in the high corner of, you know, powerful and easy to use. And a lot of people don't get that. They don't they think that the iPhone is like I mean people describe it as being boring because it doesn't radically change every year or because it doesn't have some whizzy feature like that, you know, you know, NFC like on Android that nobody uses. But Apple's goal wasn't to make 
wasn't to impress people with checkboxes. It was to make a device that people could use and that people would want to be able to use. And that's novel because if you look at what other people are doing, what other companies are doing, Android in particular is dialing back all the progress that Apple made and trying to come out with a phone that's like really, you know, has this crazy three-dimensional interface and, you know, has a lot of options that you can pick and choose from. And it's layers and layers of complexity. But there's not a lot of functionality that's different. There's a lot of things you can't do with an Android phone as easily, but there's not a lot of things that it can exclusively do that an iPhone can't do. Well, let me ask you that, okay? I buy an Android phone. I'm one of the people who buys the Android phone for whatever reason. What does it do specifically that I can't do on today's iPhone? Or do I care? My impression from using the latest Android 4.0 on the Galaxy Nexus was that rather than being sort of a kind of a simple home screen that you put apps on and then you launch your apps and you use whatever the app does, it's more of a, a busy box where you can pull little little widgets out and make them different sizes. And you can, you, know, you can read your email on page three and you can flip over and see the weather. And then you can flip over and you can have, you know, apps installed in different pages. And it's, it's kind of like this dually thing you can move things around in. But as far as actually doing things, the browser is almost worthless. The browser is terrible. This is the company that makes Chrome, which is considered a very good browser. But the Android browser, they don't call it Chrome, probably for good reason. It's, it's not good. It's annoying to use. It's another word that starts with a C and an R. And instead of an O, the next letter is an A. But it's, it's five years after Apple came out with their own browser. It's based on the same browser code. It's a WebKit browser. And it's from the company that, that makes a good desktop browser. So why is their mobile browser so awful? It's because they don't care. All they want is a placeholder product that people can buy that will automatically plug them only into Google. And the other thing to bear in mind is that if you look at the amount of money Google is earning from Android, it's what a fraction of a fraction of what Apple gets from the iOS and from the iPhones. It's, it's on the level. I'm trying to think of exactly the numbers, but Google referred to its run rate, which is kind of a silly, it's kind of a projection of revenue that it thought it would, was going to get from all of its mobile devices is around two and a half billion, I think. I think that's for 2011. Maybe that's projecting for this year. But in any case, if you think of $2.5 billion a year, that's a lot of money. But it's not a lot of money if you're talking about half of the market share. So if you're you talking about a company who has half the smartphones on the planet and they're making a fraction of a fraction of what Apple does. Of course, Apple's selling the hardware. They're just basically considering the number of ads that so they Apple sell. Makes- well, Apple makes a lot of money on selling hardware. So in that respect, it's similar to Samsung, except that Samsung isn't making nearly as much money on the phones that it makes. But Apple also makes money in the way that Google does, selling ads. But Apple also makes money selling apps, that Google's not really selling that many apps. And most of the apps in the Android market are free apps. So the money they are making from apps is coming, you know, coming via uh, their ad network. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. We will read each and every message we get. Speaking of anything else, this network has to tell us a few things. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger joining Gene Steinberg. You'll hear more on the other side of the Tech Night Owl Live. A 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Emergency preparedness plans must include a fast way to start a fire. Fire up instantly with the revolutionary Quick Stove, a compact, lightweight, portable stove that's ready for cooking in less than one minute. Quick Stove, the safe, non-explosive fuel source that is an emergency preparedness essential. Quick Stove comes with four waterproof fuel cells that ignite in seconds, burn for up to 90 minutes each, can be lit and relit, and be stored indefinitely. At up to 18,000 BTUs, Quick Stove is ready to boil water in less than five minutes and burns hotter than most outdoor stoves. Now the best part. Quick Stove starts at only $34.99 and comes with a 100% satisfaction or your money back guarantee. Order today at quickstove.com or call 801-784-0225. That's 801-784-0225 or go to quickstove.com. Click on the discounts tab for multi-unit savings. Quick Stove, quite possibly the world's fastest outdoor fire. Have you ever seen a U.S. postage stamp featuring Abraham Lincoln, Ben Franklin, or George Washington? If you're into stamp collecting, you know it's a fun, affordable hobby. America's leading stamp dealer is the Mystic Stamp Company, and they want you to have their free 140-page color catalog. Go to mysticstampad.com, the website of the Mystic Stamp Company, serving stamp collectors since 1923. Mystic Stamp is well-known in the industry for its experience, superior customer service, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go to mystic-stampad.com to request your free 140-page U.S. stamp color catalog packed with collecting tips, special offers, color photos, and over 4,600 available stamps. Call 800-433-7811 or go to mysticstampad.com. That's 800-433-7811 and ask for your free U.S. stamp catalog or mysticstampad.com. Mystic Stamp Company, America's leading stamp dealer. If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you 
you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We have Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine, AppleInsider.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're on the Tech Night Out Live. And we're exploring just how Google's doing with Android. Remember, they're not selling licenses. They're making their money from the times you click through their ads. And I heard they're possibly making as much money from the iOS as from Android because of the fact that we're using Google Apps and their search engine on the iOS. Yeah, so it's not, I mean, people talk about Google competing with the iPhone, and Google doesn't really have any reason to compete with the iPhone because they make more money from the iPhone than they do from Android. I mean, it's, it's and just the propagation of Android, having an Android on having Android on your phone doesn't necessarily mean that it's hooked up to Google. For example, there's a lot of phones in China that are hooked up to the Chinese search engine, not Google. And there is a even num- a number of phones. Uh, for example, Verizon I think partnered with Microsoft's Bing so that the you know you have an Android phone, but the default search engine goes to Microsoft. So I mean, the fact that Android is on something doesn't mean that Google's even benefiting from it. Whereas every iPhone uses Google for Maps and it defaults to Google Search. So in a lot of ways, I think Google kind of hurt it, its own prospects by launching Android. But in a lot of kind of Android fans' minds, their number one target is Apple, which, you know, that just doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense from a, any standpoint because it's not a battle to the death in the real world, though Apple obviously is fighting the companies whom they feel are infringing on their intellectual property rights. But in every other respect, buy an Android phone, fine. You buy an iPhone, fine. That's great. You know, it's nice to have competition. Well, and it's better to have legitimate competition. Um, it was kind of interesting that I remember a couple of years ago, people were assuming that Apple would sue HP or, or Palm when they came out with the Palm Pre. And Apple didn't. And I think part of the reason was that they realized that Palm wasn't going to be able to do anything with it. So the companies that Apple is is kind of engaged in action right now, it's primarily Samsung and also uh, Mo- Motorola. And the big reason is those are the companies that are shipping phones. They're not necessarily making money, though. I mean, Samsung's making pretty good money. Um, um, Motorola is not. Motorola's losing money. But Motorola is also, with Samsung, suing Apple over Fran patents, which it, both companies are trying to use to you know, stop Apple's products kind of vindictively. Explain what and, these and, patents are, because we don't always follow all the ins and outs. Friend is, is a, refers to patents that are part of a standard, for example, Wi-Fi or 3G or you know, GPRS, some sort of 
telephony standard that to to produce a phone that works on networks, it has to license the technology that's related to that patent or that that standard, that open industry standard. Because of that, if you have a patent that's involved in a standard, you can't do what Apple's doing and say this is this is our original patent, for example, and related to data detectors or something like that, or swiping on the phone in a certain gesture. You can't tell people they can't use a patent if you've contributed to a standard. You may have to pay royalties, but they have to be what's called FRAND, fair and um, fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory. Meaning Nokia, for example, couldn't charge Apple more than it charged somebody else to use its 3G patents. But all these companies are, are trying to to take that back. I mean, they've contributed these patents as fair and fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory licensing, but they're trying to soak Apple because Apple's making the most money, which is you know not very legitimate. Uh, Apple, on the other hand, is suing people over technologies that it has invented. And a lot of other companies don't have a patent portfolio that they can really use to do that. And everybody was talking about how Motorola did and how Google's going to buy Motorola for $12 billion and use that to defend Android. But that's not true because Motorola is not bringing you know, all these great patents against Apple. They're coming out with GPRS patents. You know, This is like old technology that is related to open standards that they've already committed to license in a fair and reasonable and non-discriminatory way. So that's what Apple's problem is with Motorola, in addition to the fact that there's a number of things in Android that are appear to be clearly infringing upon Apple's stuff. Apple's not randomly suing everybody. They're not suing um, Samsung over Badu or whatever it's called, um, or they haven't sued Microsoft, although it appears that Apple and Microsoft have some code licensing or cross-licensing agreements that would affect their mobile operating systems. Basically, Apple and Microsoft basically are pretty cooperative with each other these days. Well, right now, Windows Phone 7 is not a threat at all to Apple. But I mean, one of the things that I kind of amused in this recent article t- covering one of the um, the Florian Mueller articles on, you know, he covers kind of the patent situation going on worldwide. And one of the things that I, you know, I was thinking about when I, when I wrote the article is if you remember in the late 80s, Apple came out with Macintosh and they had, there wasn't really software patents at the time. I mean, it wasn't common to patent everything. But they had copyright claims. They were saying, you know, you can't copy this because it's it's a work that we've produced. It's copyrighted. You can't just, like, copy our icons. You can't copy all the designs we made. And they sued a bunch of different companies that were, that were making windowing operating systems for IBM's PC. That included Microsoft and included HP and included... Um, Digital research. Well, anyway, they they took everyone out of the business except for Microsoft. And Microsoft had this pre-existing agreement, and it you know, wasn't clear exactly what it covered. But the way it was interpreted by the courts is that Microsoft had all this access to Apple's IP, and they just went ahead and used it all. And so Microsoft ended up being the only competitor left. They didn't have competition. And so it congealed all the market forces of the PC world to its platform. And it eventually outgrew Apple. And if you look at the same situation today, um, if Apple takes out Android and takes out all these other things and kind of represses them from um, flourishing, Microsoft is going to have a fairly clean slate to expand into. Whether or not it can actually do that is, remains to be seen because it already has, you know, LG and Samsung and all these big companies have licensed Windows Mobile. Nobody wants it. So, I mean, 
if you take Android out of the equation, it may start growing. But um, it's kind of interesting to observe what's going to happen and see if, if it's going to be another look and feel type situation where Microsoft takes over again, or if it'll be a situation more like the iPod and the iPad where Apple comes into a market and it now owns 80% of it. So where does that leave Microsoft? But do you think really Apple will prevail in such a way that Google can't produce Android? Wouldn't they just re-engineer some of the more extreme patents or try to license some handful of patents from Apple to keep going? Oh, it's not clear. I mean, there's so many variables. There's so many different things that could happen. But, for example, if Apple won a patent that really hit at the heart of Android, and it didn't necessarily ha- doesn't necessarily have to be Apple. Apple has, like, their... Uh, real-time API patent that would cause a lot of disruption to Android. Um, there's some other patents too that if if Apple won them, it would cause a lot of disruption. Oracle's also suing Android, and it kind of sounds that Oracle wants Android to become real Java and pay them licensing fees. So if any of those things happened, or a combination of those things happened, and Android kind of like pushed off the track a little bit, then the people that are developing Android apps would suddenly be developing a, a worthless app, and they'd have to change their, their either change it to Java or something new that, that Google introduced. It'd be a lot of um, pushing things off the track. And if you want an example of how things can change or how rapidly things can change, at the beginning of 1990, the reason Steve Jobs used BSD and in, in Next as the kernel, as the Unix kernel, was because that was the open free version of Unix that was available at the time. But then AT&T sued them, and there was this whole patent thing that went on for a while, copyright claim, that through the, I think it was the early 80s. Anyway, it, it, it worked kind of itself repressed. out. But you know what? We've got to work this out. Tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do. <laughs> I write for Apple Insider and roughly drafted. <laughs> I didn't think about it. Okay, listen, folks. You can find more of what we do at Tech Night Owl. At Twitter, it's Tech Night Owl. TechNightOwl.com is where you find my cutting edge blogs. Also, we have the other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast at Paracast.com that's Paracast.com special thank you to Daniel Aaron Dilger thanks my friend for joining us this week on the Tech Night Owl Live yeah thanks for having me the Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated we'll be back next week same bad time same bad channel